Good afternoon. Oh, you can do better. Good afternoon. Very good to see all of you here. Uh, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Chiming for the invite. It's a real privilege for me to be here. This is actually my first BB dedication service. I've never attended one before. And after attending this, I feel very compelled to uh, have a chat with my wife, to talk to her about, you know, potentially putting my son into BB as well, you know, because I think this is very meaningful, uh, really, really meaningful. And I want you to know that uh, I, I feel very honored to be here, to speak with you, to preach the Word of God to you. I am not a BB boy, uh, obviously, uh, but I came from a secondary school that only accepted boys. Okay, so some of you might know that school. My school tie looks very, very familiar to your BB tie. Okay, so when I, th when I saw people wearing the tie, I was like, am I coming back to a school chapel service? So that was very familiar for me. Uh, I am not from Swiss Cottage, but I want you to know that I was in your school before all of you were born. Because I want to show you some pictures. Um, when uh, it was 1997, 98, okay, this is when I was in secondary school, uh, we actually went to Swiss Cottage, the old Swiss Cottage, and we had our D&T classes there. It was a compulsory D&T classes, design and technology. I'm not sure whether you still have that, but we would go over there and we would use the workshops that are available at Swiss Cottage. Uh, and even during the time that when my school was going through rebuilding, we went over to your school uh, that y'all had vacated already. You left us a, a grand older building. Y'all went to a new building, you know. And we used your school as a holding school during our, uh, our rebuilding. So uh, it's very interesting also that uh, after I found out that you guys are from Swiss Cottage Secondary School. And I realized that uh, my church is really right opposite or right beside your church. You can see the Google Maps there. We are just a seven-minute walk away. Um, I want you to know that we tried. Uh, we have tried in the past, you know, last few years ago. We tried to invite students from your school to come for our church activities. But you always reject us. You always reject us, you know. Uh, and, and I'm so glad uh, today that... Uh, your vice principal is here. I would love to have a conversation with your vice principal later, you know, to ask him whether it's possible for us to form some partnerships. We are so nearby. We would love to make connections with you. I have many, many former Swiss Cottage students. They are now already young adults in my church. And uh, I just saw some photos of the BBGB campsite. Uh, my church also uses that uh, BBGB campsite very regularly. Actually, half of the churches in Singapore use the BBGB campsite because there are not, there are not many uh, campsites that are big enough to hold camps in Singapore anymore. And it's so expensive uh, to go everywhere else to do camps, you know. I want to just tell you that uh, I've been married for about seven years now. Uh, my five-year-old daughter is at the Sunday school um, just right outside this uh, hall. And my two-year-old son, I don't know where he is. Maybe he's running around somewhere. Uh, and my wife is here. Uh, between my former CCA and your current CCA, I told you just now, I'd much rather my son join your CCA in the future, okay? Because I believe that it will help him to learn obedience, discipline, leadership, and servanthood with Christ-like values. Amen? Oh, come on, you've got to be more convincing than that. Amen? Amen, right? You know, I've always wondered why I got this privilege to speak to you uh, today, and now I understand because my running buddy, okay, uh, he's called Adrian. He's actually a BB captain, okay, of a secondary school, and uh, he was also my commissioning parade uh, buddy. So we stood beside each other. Uh, the person who brought me to church was actually a BB boy. You know, he brought me to church. He's serving on the church board now. And my, I used to be in a band. My bandmate used to be the BB band major. So I seem to be surrounded by BB boys, okay? And uh, he's also the godpa of my children right now. 
And in fact, uh, one of the, my very close friends that we used to play football together, he was a former BB boy as well. And he's one guy that I've been trying to reach out to. Um, he's, no longer, he's no longer a Christian, and I'm hoping that one day he'll come back. So I want you to know that whether we are Christian or not, whether we are BB boy or not, whether we are adult at the back or youth sitting right in front here, whether you're a man, whether you are a woman, all of us here, we are all hoping for certain kind of order and structure in our lives. If you think about that, we are, we are all hoping for order and structure. Even when I look at the BB boys here, there is order and structure. Sec 1, first row. Sec 2, second row. Sec 3, third row. Sec 4, fourth row. And then all the officers are over there, you know. And all the really senior appointment holders are all over there as well. And then the adults are all over at the back. You realize that even in church, there is order and structure. Just like in life, there is order and structure. And I believe that we are all hoping for order and structure because it gives us a certain level of predictability, familiarity, and control. All of us here, we want a certain level of order and structure in our lives. So what do we do to get this order and structure? Some of us believe that if we get married, we get order and structure. Some of us don't believe that, so we don't want to get married. Some of us believe that to get order and structure in our lives, we have children. <laughs> and some of us who don't believe that, don't want to have children. Some of us believe that if we work for a company, we get order and structure. But some of us, we go like, nah, I'd rather set up a company to get order and structure. Some of us, in, in order to get order and structure, we join the public sector. We become teachers, we become civil servants. But some of us believe that in the private sector, we like banks or institutions, we get order and structure. In order to get order and structure, some of us, we attend church. But some of us, we avoid church. Some of us nearly joined St. John's. And thank God he joined BB, right? And some of us here, maybe all of you here, may, I don't know why you joined BB. Maybe your parents were like me, attended a BB service some years ago and go like, son, you've got to join BB next time. Or maybe you got um, tricked by a, 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 a sec one group leader and say, he's from BB, you better join BB. If not, I book you or something. I don't know. We all have different reasons for joining BB, right? And I believe that in BB itself, there is some form of order and structure. I took a look at your, your captain's report and I saw you guys have Bible studies, charity events, you guys have sporting events, you guys say grace, I believe, you guys sing Vesper, you guys have opening prayers, you have excursions, you have camps, you have badge causes. You know, I, I'm not a uniform group guy. I, I never had badges on my uh, right hand, you know, and I'm kind of like envious because it's like kind of cool to wear badges, you know. Um, and, and some of you go for confidence courses, parades, expeditions, competitions, worship service. Why? Because that gives you a certain level of order and structure as you do life together. Now, I want you to know whether you know it or not, that you guys, as you look at each other, you guys might be buddies for life, you know. And I want you to know that there's something very special as I talk to my baby friends, that most of them are still buddies today and we are in our 30s. And they are still buddies. So I want you to know that this is the person that may be attending your wedding together with you. Right? These are the people that may be celebrating with you at the hospital when your baby boy or girl is born. A future baby boy, maybe, you know. And I want you to know that these things give us structure and order. I understand your pain. 
One of the favorite things for a BB boy to do is to do drills, right? <laughs> when I ask my BB friends, they all tell me, oh, drills, I cannot take drills, you know? And I want you to know that I identify with you. When I did my commissioning parade rehearsal drills for two weeks, nine to five, under the hot sun, every single day, wow, people vomit, people get stroke, people, wow, it's horrible. I feel you. But why do we need that? Because regimentation or order and structure is a big part of regimentation, correct? And I think that's good. Now, have you ever thought about why we all want order and structure? Let me bring this and submit this to you. I believe that we are all looking for order and structure in our lives because we are made to look for order and structure. And we are made to look for order and structure because the one who made us is an orderly and structured God. How do I know this? If you were to take, at, uh, take a look at Genesis chapter 1, okay, there's a lot of words here, but I want to show you the highlighted words, okay? If you took at, take a look at how orderly God is, you take a look at all the, all the blue words, okay? You can see that when God created everything in one week, He had order. You take a look at the blue words, evening passed, morning came, first day. Then He did stuff, second day. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. God did it in an orderly fashion. And because God did it in an orderly fashion, when He created us, He did it also in an orderly fashion. If you think about it, when the Lord created, we, He created human beings last, but everything else was created first, can, you can see that in the, in, in, in the red words, God had a structured way of creating things. He created light, then there was day and night, he created space, which became sky and land. He created land and sea. And after he created land and sea, he created vegetation. Then he created two great lights. That's why we have night and day. Then he created fish and birds. He created animals. And then finally, he created human beings. Can you imagine if God was not structured, not orderly, and he reversed everything around, and he created human beings first? It would be chaotic. It would be haphazard. Can you imagine if God, when He created you, He just created you with a head first? Then you look like Deadpool, right? Created a head first, and everything else, part of your body start growing out. That is very weird. It's disorderly, it's haphazard, it's chaotic. But God is an orderly God. He is a he's structured God, which is why the way God created us, we are also yearning and hoping for that structure and the order in our lives. Are you catching this so far? God created you and me to look for order and structure. Now, I want to share a particular story with you where we all can understand this idea of order, structure, and it all happened in a boat story. It was a sailing story, and I want to point your attention to this particular story where this guy called Mark Maybe some of you BB boys are familiar with the Bible study. I saw you guys do Bible study just now. Mark is a disciple of Jesus. He was a person who witnessed what Jesus said, what Jesus did. And one of the stories that he recorded in, in, in the book that he wrote is in Mark chapter 4. And I want you to see this particular story uh, starting from verse 35, okay? So this is a story of how Jesus and the disciples went into a boat. And you can see from verse 35, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. Verse 36, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Verse 37, but 
a, a, a storm, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Now at this point in time, all of them were in a boat. And some of you have gone for scuba diving causes, right? But they don't have scuba diving causes. So if they're in a boat and there's a high storm that's coming, they're in trouble. Because if it capsizes, all of them are going to drown, okay? So the water back then is not like the swimming pool water. It's not like your scuba diving water. When the high storms came, it's dangerous, life-threatening. So what happened was that, verse 38, in a midst of a storm, we learn about this person called Jesus. We sang about him. We heard about him in the announcements. And it says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of a boat with his head on a cushion. How many of you here are capable of sleeping at the back of a boat with your head on a cushion in the middle of a storm? Some of you, okay, some of you are mentioning names, you know. I used to have a nickname in the army, you know. I was called the ATS. You know what's ATS? All-terrain sleeper. Anywhere I went, I could sleep. Whether I was in a tank that I was training in, whether I was doing warm-up, I could even do, you know, every morning in OCS, we have to wake up and run three kilometers for our morning run, morning run. And it was like in a very fast pace, okay, like 2.4 kind of pace. And we could just run with our eyes closed, still trying to catch up on the sleep that we don't have enough of. And Jesus was able to sleep in the middle of a storm. Imagine the scene in the boat. Everybody's like topsy-turvy. And then they find out that at the back of the boat, there's a cushion. Jesus is like, Kind of nice, huh? Ooh, rocking effect, old sim. Mm, kind of nice. And what happened is that it says, the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Verse 39 it says, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Have any one of you ever tried talking to the wind before? Somebody breaks wind, you know, or there's a huge gale outside there and you go out there, you stand out of this uh, particular sanctuary, this chapel, and you go out there, silence, be still. What would everybody think you are? Xiao. So imagine the scene, right, where everybody's about to drown and Jesus steps up, says, looks out into the open ocean, silence, be still. And everybody's like, hey, you're having a dream, Having a nightmare, is it? You suddenly were sleep talking, uh, sleepwalking. Uh. And what happened was that it says, suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Now, BB boys, many of you here, 40 something of you here, some of you here, you've been BB for four years, the back row. Some of you here, a few months. And you will learn about this guy called Jesus. You will learn about this person called God. And you will be reading in this thing called a Bible. And you're wondering, what in the world is going on? Who is this Jesus that they keep telling me about? And today, I feel a great conviction to tell you that this Jesus that we are talking to you about that they are going to be telling you day in, day out, your pledge got so many Jesus Christ, right? May the Lord Jesus Christ give us joy and the ability to carry out our pledge. Who is this Jesus? I want to tell you that this Jesus is a Jesus that speaks to the wind. 
speaks to the wave. When he was talking to the wind and the waves, and he says, silence, be still, I believe that he wasn't just talking to the wind and the waves. He was talking to the people in the boat who were like frantically panicking for their lives, and he's saying to them, silence, be still. I, Jesus Christ, I'm in the boat with you. You'll be fine. We are not going to collapse. I am the Son of God. I am God Himself, and I am here to keep your ship and your boat steady. I am. You don't need an anchor because I am the anchor. I am the one that if you have me in your boat, you're going to do fine. And some of you here, you will go through four years of BB life and you'll be discovering, well, this Jesus, who is He? I pray with all my heart that whether it's today, whether it's any of your Bible studies, whether it's next year's dedication service, you will find this Jesus who is the anchor in your boat. Because I will tell you, young people, I will tell you, adults as well, life is not going to be a smooth sailing ride. Life will be stormy. But with Christ in the vessel, it tells us that Jesus Christ gives us not a storm-free life, but a storm-proof life. Jesus Christ is our anchor. He's our insurance. And He allows us to go through a life where we go like, you know what, God, life is tough. Life is unpredictable. But because I have Jesus, I am not afraid. All I need to do is realize that Jesus is at the back of the boat with me and call out, Jesus, please help me. And when Jesus steps up, He says to you, silence, be still. Why are you still afraid? Do you have no faith? I am here with you. And if I am here with you, is that not enough? My friends, whether you're at the back rows or the first four rows, I want to tell you that we will all go through storms in life. We will all cry out to someone or something for help. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, if you're going through storm in life, you are crying out for someone or something. You're saying, please help me. But I will say to you, not all of us here have Jesus in our boat. Some of us here, we think that we don't need Jesus in our lives. Maybe the people here are scattered all over. Maybe you come here, you go like, oh, I have no relationship with Jesus. Who is this Jesus? I don't need this Jesus in my life. I don't need Him in my boat because my boat is a speedboat. It's fine. I am on a cruise ship. It's fine. Autopilot. I've got education. I've got riches. I've got businesses. I've got great children. I've got everything that I need. I don't need Jesus. Or maybe some of you here, you are Christians. You may not think that way. You may not think, I don't need Jesus. But you live like you don't need Jesus. What is the reality for all of us? You know, I believe that in our lives, we will never achieve total order or structure. When you all do drills, when all of you all do drills, there is always that champion that will stamp his feet half a second later. Then it sounds like bird droppings, right? So the, yeah. But what do you want when you hear a good drill. Sorry, yup. Boom, one sound. Correct? And there's always one or two bobos, okay, where you're supposed to march. And this is something that I always laugh during my school parade. And it happens to be BB boys from time to time or scouts or St. John, where there will be a person who just doesn't have hand-eye coordination, okay, or hand and feet coordination, and he marches this way. Maybe you know of someone like that. And I will say to you, BB boys... And even to all the adults here, it is impossible 
to achieve total structure or order in our lives. You know, in my relatively short life of 30 plus years, okay, for you it's like, wow, he's very old. But for me, okay, I'm, I'm like, you know, average, you know. In my relatively short life, okay, I thought I got it all sorted out until my grandfather died when I was seven years old. When I was seven years old. I thought I got it all sorted out until my parents divorced when I was eight years old. I thought I got it all sorted out until I got involved with gangs at 11 years old. I thought I got my life all sorted out until I missed my preferred secondary school by four points. I went to secondary school, I thought I got it all sorted out until I got dumped by a girl at 15 years old. I thought I got it all sorted out after I left secondary school, went to poly. I thought I got it all sorted out until I got two-timed by a girl at 17 years old. Some of the loud-gen youths will remember some of the stories I used to share with you all when I spoke at your camps and services. I thought I got it all sorted out when I joined the Singapore Armed Forces and I saved a good amount of money for my university education. And then my family went through a financial crisis. The money that I had saved for my university, I had to use it to save the family. I have no more university funds anymore. I thought I got it, it sorted out. I went to Shanghai to work for a couple of years. I thought I got it all sorted out, going on an expat salary. Kind of cool, kind of nice, having your own driver, having people do everything for you. I thought I got it all sorted out until the Lord called me to full-time ministry to come and join a church and to take a salary that's like, <gasps> wonderful, you know? I thought I got it all sorted out. Got married, have children, I thought I got it all sorted out until my grandma passed away last January. I thought I got it all sorted out. The boat was smooth sailing. Everything was good until in August last year, my mother-in-law got leukemia. I thought I got it all sorted out until just two days ago, a very dear uncle, like a father figure, like a grandfather figure in my in, to my kid's life, he passed away from a sudden heart attack. And so I want you to know, I, I didn't tell Pastor Chiming this, I didn't tell uh, Joanne this, uh, she's in your church as well, but I'm actually in the middle of a wake. My family and I, we are mourning over the loss of this father figure, this grandfather figure in our lives. But I want you to know that each of these stories that I'm sharing with you from seven years old to now, they have a common thread. That common thread is that in that boat with me going through the storms of life, I have J-E-S-U-S. This man called Jesus Christ who is at the boat waiting for me to call out to him, say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, keep me steady. Thanks to the divorce of my parents, I moved out of a neighborhood of gangsters to live with my mother. Thanks to living with my mother, I found Jesus Christ and became a Christian when I was primary six. Thanks to fill relationships in my life, two-time, whatever, right? I found my wife. And thanks to that, thanks to my wife, I learned how to love and to be loved by her. Thanks to having very little money, I experienced God's providence in my life. Thanks to my grandmother's poor health and dementia, she gave her life to Jesus four times because she keeps forgetting. So I have to keep saying the sinner's prayer again and again and again. Four times! Four times! Thanks 
to leukemia. My mother-in-law found Jesus. My father-in-law found Jesus. Thanks to Jesus, I know that my kids and I will see that uncle one day in heaven because he believed in Jesus, we believe in Jesus, and the Bible tells me that one day we will see each other again, worshipping God together in heaven. Jesus is that anchor in our lives. Young people, adults, I want you to know that to us, sometimes life doesn't feel orderly or structured. But to God, who makes everything beautiful in its time, Ecclesiastes 3.11, you can read that verse for yourself. God makes everything beautiful in its time. To God, who causes all things to work for the good of those who love Him. And I love God. Some of you here love God. And I want you to know that God, at the beginning of creation, He's never chaotic. He's never haphazard. And today, He's the same God. You may be going through a storm in your life, but God is never chaotic. God is never haphazard. He knows what He is doing. We are serving a God. You are pledging yourselves to a God who is orderly and structured. He is good. We sang, God is so good. He's so good to me. He's good. God is in control. And God will bring His will to pass. You may go through a tough time in your family. Some of you, boys here, maybe your parents are going through divorce. Maybe your dad is being retrenched. I don't know. That sounds like a storm. That sounds like a pretty bad moment. Maybe you're going through a tough time in your school. Maybe you're the baby boy that the rest of the baby boys don't like. I don't know. I really don't know. Or maybe you, have a, you are in a class where you're the only one that nobody likes. I don't know. In your school, you're going through a storm. Maybe some of you, you're going through a very bad relationship like I did. Maybe in your workplace, your boss is giving you a tough time. Maybe in your church and ministry, there are other leaders who are giving you difficult moments. Maybe in your health, you're not doing too well and you're going through that storm. Today, I want to remind you that Jesus is waiting for you to invite Him into your boat. And if you already have Him in your boat, He is waiting for you to call out to Him and to say, Jesus, I need help. Jesus, I need you to save me. I'd like to invite the worship team to come back, maybe a pianist or... And I'd love for you guys to play a Living Hope. Living Hope. What a beautiful song. Stay with me, boys. God is a God of order and control. Amen? Adults, amen? Amen. But in God's history... In the history of the Bible, was there a point in time where it kind of felt like God lost control? I don't know. Maybe. Young people, I want you to know that when Jesus Christ came onto this earth, yeah, He healed people, He taught people, He did a lot of good stuff. He kind of like did BB boys kind of stuff. All the good things in your company, He did it all. But let me tell you that he was accused. He was accused of a very severe crime that he did not commit. And when he was accused of all that, it kind of felt like, did God's plan go wrong? And what happened was that Jesus Christ, he's supposed to save people. But what happened was that he got tortured 
by Roman soldiers. Did that feel like a mistake in history? Jesus Christ, He got crucified and He was humiliated on a cross. Did that feel like a wrong script? Jesus Christ, He was executed like a criminal. Did it feel like God lost the plot? Jesus Christ, He was buried in the grave. At that moment, did it feel like it was game over for Christianity? But let me tell you, the good news, the good news is Jesus lived like one of us so that we can identify with Him. Jesus Christ died as an innocent man without sin so that He can bear and take responsibility or He's qualified to bear our wrongdoings. Jesus Christ took your shame and your sin and Jesus gave you forgiveness and life. Jesus Christ, He entered the grave fully dead so that He can emerge from the grave fully alive. And when Jesus emerged from the grave fully alive, we know that Jesus Christ defeated the ultimate thing that will defeat all of us one day, which is death. But when we die, we don't really die. When we die, if we have Jesus, we know that one day we will be with God forever. I will see my grandmother again. I will see that uncle again. And one day, when I die, my children will see me again. One day when my parents are with the Lord, I will see them again. One day, when the baby officers here and the seniors who are older than you, so higher probability that they will go to the Lord before you, you will see them again. If you don't want to see them again, let me tell you, you have no choice. You will see them again. This is the hope that I have in me because Jesus Christ defeated death. And if He can defeat death, He can defeat anything on this earth. Jesus Christ chose to give up His life so that one day we may choose to give our lives to Him. Young people, as I have uh, shared with you just now, nothing felt orderly or structured in my life. But because of Jesus, everything turned out to be orderly and structured in my life. Because Jesus gave me order and structure by being my sure hope and my steadfast anchor. Baby boys, I would love for you to do you have a crest on your beret? Is there a crest of the BB badge? Can you see it? Can I see it? Is it there? Do you, oh, can you show that last slide? The very last slide. Are you all familiar with this particular crest? Are you all familiar with this crest? You all better be familiar, okay? Very important to you, okay? This is your crest. And baby boys, I want you to know when you look at that crest, the first sign you see is an anchor. And who is the anchor? It's Jesus. If you're in a boat, you need an anchor. The anchor keeps you, it keeps your boat immovable. You don't sink because the anchor is there. And what does the crest say? Sure and steadfast. What is sure and steadfast? 
sure and steadfast is when you have Jesus in you and that is the hope that you have anchoring your life down. Then, you are hopeful, you are sure, and you are steadfast. Jesus sank to the bottom so that we can stay afloat on top. Jesus became the anchor so that we can become BB boys. Maybe y'all will get that on Monday, okay? Jesus did not waver in His mission so that I can be immovable in mine. Jesus ascended to heaven to give me hope that one day I will join Him there. I am an immovable boy, just like your captain, just like your primus, just like the officers, just like the senior appointment holders, just like your chaplain. They are immovable boys because they have Jesus in them. And because they are immovable boys, you know, life boys, what do life boys do? They point other boats in the right direction. That's what life boys do. And because they have Jesus in them, they are then able to point you to Jesus. And maybe not just you here, but you at the back. I have hope that Jesus is my anchor. Not just in my eternal life, but in my everyday living. Let's pray. I'd like to encourage you to close your eyes and bow your heads. Maybe you can sing the song once through. And now I'll give an altar call and an invitation for you guys to respond to this message. Whether you're seated at the back or whether you're seated at the front. opportunity to respond to this message and the first group of people that I want to speak with are those who call themselves Christians and today if you are Christian I want you to know that you are in a boat and Jesus is supposed to be in your boat but some of you have either jumped ship to another boat or you have actually kicked Jesus off your boat today you're going through a storm of life can I just tell you that the one who can save you has to be the one that has defeated death. Because if he has defeated death, he can defeat anything that you are going through. And so today, I want to speak to the Christians who are saying, I am going through a storm in life. I would want to be on the same boat as Jesus again. I would like to call out to my Jesus and to say, Jesus, would you help me? Jesus, would you save me? Jesus, would you show me and stabilize this boat that I'm in? Because, because it's been tough and I need hope 
and I need to be reminded that I have an anchor and His name is Jesus. So if that is you, then I'd like you to raise your hand to the Lord. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have more? And you say, this is the point in time where I'm, I'm, I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Jesus, become my anchor again. Not my education, not my career, not my family, not even my ministry. Jesus, be the anchor in my life again. If that is you, then would you raise your hand to the Lord? I want to pray with you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. You may put your hands down. Father, you see the hands that are raised to you. Holy Spirit, would you convict them and arrest their hearts today? Bring them back to you. Remind them that you being in the boat with them is far better for them to sail alone. Today, Lord, on this day, as we sit through a BB dedication service, Father, I pray, oh God, that the hands that are raised to you, they will be in a rededication service and they will be rededicated back to you. So speak to them, arrest their hearts, oh God, that they will know that the only way to go through the storms of life is to have Jesus in the boat with us. The second group of people I want to speak with are those who do not have Jesus in the boat but you're going through difficulty. You're going through teenage difficulty. You're going through tertiary difficulty. Maybe you are an adult here and you don't know Jesus and you're going through difficulty. Today, I want to say to you, Jesus is inviting you to ask Him into the boat with you, to make Him your anchor that is sure and steadfast so that the hope you have in you is not circumstantial. The hope that you have in you is not determined by what happens or what doesn't is determined by Jesus. That is the hope that doesn't change because right from the beginning, right from the beginning, He is sure, He's steadfast, He's orderly, He's structured and right through to the end. He will continue to be orderly, steadfast, sure and structured. So today, and especially to the baby boys, you're saying, yes, this is the Jesus I want as an anchor in my life. I want to be a Christian today. I want to really have a relationship with Jesus so that I may call out to Him in my day of trouble. If that is you, would you raise your hand to the Lord? You don't need to be afraid. If that is you, would you raise your hand to the Lord? I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I just want to pray with you. If that is you, you're saying, Jesus, I want you in my boat. Jesus, I want to know that I have certainty that when I, one day, I will always, always be sure that it's you, Lord. So if that is you, baby boy, or anyone else in the congregation, why don't you raise your hand to the Lord? Thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else? I want to give you time. Thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else? You don't need to wait for your friends. You don't need to wait to get approval from your teachers or your parents. Let me tell you, when I became a Christian, oh, it was tough. But I said to the Lord, I found you and I don't want to let you go. This is the Jesus that I will fix my eyes on and anchor my hope in for the rest of my life. It's between you and the Lord. Without anyone looking around, 
I want to give you one last opportunity. If that is you and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, you raise your hand to the Lord. Anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand. One last call. Anyone else? I'd like the whole congregation to join me in repeating this prayer to encourage those who have given their lives to Jesus. And we all say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for being my anchor. Today, I invite you into my boat. Today, I invite you into my heart and in my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for giving me eternal life. I know with you, I can be confident going through life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's sing this song again as a response to the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? And let's respond to the Lord in this song. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my
we'll close our service with two more things. First, a BB Basper song is a form of prayer and then the colour march out. Let's pray together using these songs, the BB Basper. much out. You do it with this song, Will Your Anchor Hold. Thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you for being our Lord. Thank you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Service is over.